If you had one shot to seize everything you ever wanted, would you take it or just let it slip away? Are we spitting out Eminem rhymes yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, it's do or die coming uh, coming up for the boys. One game left in the season. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit of time. But welcome, everyone, to the Inner Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, as always, Mr. Alex Papa George. Uh, please do follow us on social media if you don't already at Inter Miami Podcast for Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at MIA, or sorry, at Inter MIA Podcast. We do have a website, intermiamipodcast.com. And you can shoot us emails at Jay and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. Buddy, whoo, been a busy couple of weeks for us. Yeah, it has, man. They don't pay us enough for this, but uh, <laughs> that's a joke because they don't pay us. But uh, <laughs> but no, we're Jay and I are super, super excited to bring to you the postman, you know, the, the flying Scotsman, however you want to say his name. He is Lewis Morgan. And, you know, this is a really exciting podcast and guest to be on the show. I know uh, everybody out there loves this guy, you know, all over the world. Everybody, you know, has chimed in and said, hey, we want to have Lewis on the pod. So we're glad that we can bring him here to you today. We are very excited to be able to have Lewis come onto the pod and uh, and chat with us for a little bit. Uh, also, been very privileged to be part of the previous two pregame shows for the club itself in Miami, uh, as well as the uh, halftime show of the Toronto game. And we'll be out there again for our final home game against FC Cincinnati, which will be fun to uh, experience a home game there with all the uh, the club and their employees and see what that side's like. But uh, without any further ado. Let's jump into this interview with the postman. Let's do man. it. Man. Man. <laughs> What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the Inner Miami Podcast. It is with great uh, joy and excitement that Alex and I have the privilege of introducing our next guest uh, for the next in our player interview series. And we have none other than Lewis Morgan himself lewis how how are you doing today i'm all good guys thanks for having me on and um, been a long time coming a lot of back and forth but finally we're here so look forward to it absolutely well you know uh you don't have to look far to find some of your biggest fans we are uh <laughs> we got your back and so does our audience and it is absolutely thrilling to have you a part of the podcast today so thanks for taking the time to uh, join us for sure thank you guys all right, so let's just kind of get into it. Tell us, tell us about you know your your childhood and what it was like growing up in in Scotland. We're a little bit away, so get, get, paint that picture for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously, you can, as you said there, you couldn't have picked a further place away from Scotland with regards to everything, weather, all that sort of stuff. So, no, I mean, childhood growing up was all about football. Or, soccer what you guys would say um i came from a family that was engrossed in football football was everything so um from as young as i can remember i was playing football with my brother um and scotland as a country is a really passionate footballing country um so everyone when you're younger everyone in your school wants to be a football player wants to um play for rangers play for celtic um and i was no uh, no different so yeah, I mean, grew up playing football in the streets with my brother, playing with my friends, and um, luckily I've translated that into eventually turning pro and obviously ended up out here with Inter Miami. 
Excellent. Now you mentioned your brother. Did he also play professionally? He, so he didn't play professionally, but he played like regional level. Unfortunately for him, he picked up a couple of bad knee injuries, which sort of spelled in for his footballing career. But he's been one of my great supporters and obviously one of the main reasons why um, where I am today. Um, I'm lucky to, as I touched on there, had a, have a family that was um, really big into football and he helped me from a very young age develop skills and um, set me on the right path. Awesome. Brotherly love right there. That is some brotherly love. And obviously you're, you're far away from your family and, you know, we appreciate that more than most, <laughs> but, um, well, you talk to us a little bit about your family. I mean, Veronica speaks to us pretty much on a weekly basis. I know she's a big supporter of the fan and so does Ellen. And, you know, I know we had a rope in uh, your agent, John, to make this happen, but, you know, kind of, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, the, the fans back at the, the Morgan household. Yeah. I mean, saying that we're like a football household would be an underest um sorry we'd be underestimating it um as you said there my mum isn't shy in getting to know the fans getting to know the club and the people that make the club what they are and um obviously she loves all you guys my dad's probably been the biggest influence in my career I was lucky enough to have a father that um would drive me to every training session take me to every game um wind rain or snow because obviously the weather in scotland isn't as nice as here so um yeah it took a lot of commitment from my family um I'm, i come from a big family i've got three sisters and one brother and um, i'm the second youngest i've got a younger sister so yeah i mean it's a kind of success that i share with my whole family it's sort of been everyone's journey to get to where I am today and I'm lucky to have that support network behind me and they watch all the games regardless of the time difference so um, a lot of tired eyes I can imagine in the morning when they're staying up till 3 4 a.m watching our games but um, yeah I mean it's always great to know that you've got people supporting you back home it's commitment absolutely for it's sure family network and, and out of curiosity if a game was played at eight o'clock eastern standard time what time is that back home so at the moment the clocks have just went back back home but the general time difference we are usually five hours behind so an eight o'clock game for us we kick off at 1 a.m in the morning in uk so quick math yeah so it's quite um <laughs> I wish you could have seen Alex look up at the sky calculating that that five hour <laughs> yeah, difference. Yeah, my fingers <laughs> calculating there. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, so it's obviously quite a commitment from them, but um, especially with everything going on in the world at the moment, it's sort of maybe a release from day to day life and able to watch watch. Well, you've, you've delivered some exciting football, you know, for them, so I'm sure they're yeah. very proud. It's definitely been football worth staying up for, but, but I mean, talking about the family, just a, a few more seconds here. I mean, when did you find out that you, you were falling in love with football? You know, obviously you, you, your family, this is a pretty strong, passionate group here. And obviously your brother played, but what, what age did you really kind of fall in love with? And when did you decide to, to dedicate your life to the sport? Yeah. I mean, as I said before, the Scotland's such a football dominated country that Everyone, every young boy um, is out kicking a ball, basically. So before, you know, it's not really a conscious decision of falling in love with football. It's just something that's kind of thrust upon you. And as I say, playing every single day um, without fail with my brother, brother's friends, my friends, um, just kicking a ball around. It's, it wasn't a conscious decision of, oh, I'm going to put my effort into this. It was just sort of, as I said, thrust upon me and then eventually you fall in love with the game from there. So, um, yeah, coming from a country that 
is so dominated by one sport um that obviously helps in that regard and it's so accessible um you don't need a lot of equipment just a ball you can go out in the street kick it against the wall and that was certainly something that i had done from a very young age yeah so i mean that's a very interesting you know thought actually and it holds true really i think in definitely all of Europe, um, in, in most of, of Asia and Europe, but what was it like coming from, you know, a land where, you know, f- football is a way of life, right? I mean, the, you know, you look at like Cristiano Ronaldo, he's not just a player. He's not like a Tom Brady. He's like a, he's a God in the world. Um, what was it like coming from that kind of environment over to the States where, you know, football is something football soccer is something that is really kind of you know like fourth on the list for for many americans you know it's typically football basketball baseball what's it what's that kind of culture shock like to you yeah i'll be honest i found it strange um <laughs> with all with all due respect to the guys playing basketball american football baseball these aren't sports that i would typically have been interested in that's not to dampen how I respect them greatly as athletes but as I said coming from Europe where everything's football there is no I mean you get some guys maybe are into rugby but outside of that really football dominates everything so coming here and um, getting away from where I live in Scotland everyone knows who you are everyone knows what you do um, because everyone loves football and I mean, hopefully, I, I certainly have seen a difference in this country and I think it is sort of shifting and people are becoming more aware of football or soccer um, and it's grown in popularity. And I mean, it's a sport w- that we all love. So I hope that um, it can continue to progress and eventually in a few years down the line or however long it may take, we'll be talking about basketball, American football and football all in the same bracket. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time to be a part of this league and hopefully I can be part of that um that increase in rise in popularity well you're you are an important piece of the puzzle and curious if if lewis morgan wasn't a football star what would lewis morgan be yeah it's a question i got asked a lot obviously when you're growing up people always ask but um without sounding too cliche i didn't have a, a backup plan really um I was quite headstrong and that i knew i wanted to be a footballer and was going to do everything i could to make that a a reality um i done quite well in school so i always did have a safety net but with regards to what i was what i would actually have chosen to do um i'm not too sure fair fair quite fair answer well, well i w- i actually was going to be an astronaut for for a while until he got the gout yeah. <laughs> until real life smacked me um but you know that, that, that's a you know another interesting thing you said because i, I truly believe that America's interest that is starting to grow more and more into a, an infatuation as as more and more Americans want to watch or get involved with with football with the sport. I, it goes hand in hand with our ability on the you know international stage as well. I think the the more Americans that get into football. Uh, soccer, the the better our our national team will be because most of our you know prime athletes are going to other sports because that's what they were raised on and um, you know it's it's interesting you say that but I have a, a question because I've you know had this debate with people in the past so you know being one of the teams you played for is it Celtic or Celtic? It's Celtic, obviously. It's Celtic. Celtic okay. is in relation to like some Irish sort of mm-hmm. um, history, but yeah, the team's called Celtic. All right. All right. Well, you came up in the, the Rangers. 
youth system before yeah. going to St. Marin and then to Celtics. So or, tell me, playing for the Rangers, you know, to start the youth system and then uh, moving over to the Celtic, did that cause a stir with any of your friends or family members? Because from what I understand, it's a pretty intense rivalry uh, in Scotland. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the only thing Rangers and Celtic, the only rivalry in the world I think can compare to it's probably Boca Juniors River Plate. It's, um, I don't think anyone's really witnessed a, a true meaning of a rivalry until they've maybe been to a Rangers Celtic game. So it is, it is really intense, and my family on my dad's side were Rangers fans. My mum was my mum's family were Celtic fans. Um. I grew up in the Rangers Academy and I'm grateful for everything they've done for me. Um, eventually, I was released from their academy, found myself at St Mirren and then the chance to work with, to sign for Celtic and work with Brendan Rodgers, who was obviously a, a really mm-hmm. successful manager who yep. held in a high regard. Um, at the time, there was rumours of Rangers also wanting to sign me back, but at that moment, um, it was quite of a no-brainer. Obviously, going to Celtic, they were the team that was dominating Rangers are trying to find their way back. Celtic had great coach in place. Rangers actually only had a caretaker manager at the time and I just thought Celtic would have been the best place for my development. So I made it truly um hundred percent it was a footballing decision, not a nothing other than that. Um because obviously there would be people that would always ask me how could I play for Celtic if I grew up playing for Rangers like um but I made the decision fully on on football and reasons and took sort of personal agendas and everything out of it. And um, it's not a decision I regret at all. I, I feel like I learned a lot there and was able to play in some massive games and in Europe. So um, I wish it could have went different um, in some regards, but I'm also happy for the experience. And um, I feel that that's helped me come out here and try and make the most of my, my chance at this great club as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, like everything happens for a reason, you know, obviously the opportunity to, to learn from Brendan Rodgers, who, you know, for those of you who don't know, is the current uh, manager of, of Leicester city in the, the English premier league. So, I mean, you know, obviously very successful uh, coach, but I, I saw you on Sunderland till I die for a brief moment. And, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, that you had the option to stay with Sunderland after the loan. Is that correct? Um, so the, there was always going to be an option there as I knew the manager um i'd worked with the manager at st mirren and someone i held in really high regard almost up there with brendan rogers in terms of coaching ability and things like that so it was something that was spoken about but um once my loan deal was finished i was kind of set on going back to celtic and trying to um, force myself into the team there so um i mean yeah it was always bubbling along the background that that might have been a possibility but um in the end i decided to go back to celtic and so what made you decide to come across the pond and, and bring your talents to uh, to South Beach, just like LeBron James and join Inter-Miami? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just that freshness factor, really. Obviously, um, once I'd first heard of the interest a few months before the actual move materialized, and it was something that as soon as I'd heard of, it was, um, it was exciting, you know, uh, with the owners involved at the club, the, the scale they were doing everything on and um, the project that they were trying to create this exciting place that wants to be successful and um, I really bought into that project and it was something that I wanted to be a part of. 
And, and be honest, did did David Beckham have any influence on that decision to to come to Inter Miami? Obviously, he is who he is, and did that have any type of effect on the decision making process? Yeah, I mean, obviously, having someone like that is only going to be a help, especially from someone coming from the UK. Um, I've grown up when I was growing up watching football; he was a superstar, really. So, of course, that came into the, the equation, and when a heard of the team's interests and knew that he was part of it, it was um, just all the more reason for me really to make the decision to come out here. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, I mean, for, you know, we see you on the pitch every match day. And I guess in, in Lewis Morgan's words, how, how would you describe the type of player you are and, you know, your approach to the game, the preparation, your mindset, you know, th- things like that? Um. It's probably one of the hardest things to try and talk about yourself as a player. I, I guess um, I'm someone who tries to be exciting. Um, I'm quite direct. I uh, always want to run at the fullback I'm playing against. And probably one of my biggest qualities is that I like to take risks. I know as an attacking player, um, you're, you can give the ball away nine times out of ten and the other time creates a goal. So um, I feel like I'm quite confident in that I'm not scared to try things and give the ball away and I always want the ball again and try again and um, I like to have that responsibility on my shoulders of someone who's got to help the team and be a protagonist and try and help us win games rather than um, just blend in really. So I'm always trying to stand out. I'm always trying to do things that will help the team and um, obviously first and foremost to try to work hard for the team as well because even as an attacking player you've got to help out in the defensive side of the game. So I mean, yeah, it's hard to talk about yourself as a player. You guys are probably a better judge of it than me because you can see from the outside. But yeah, no, no need to be too humble. I mean, okay, you know, I've never seen you really complain in a game. I don't know if I've ever seen your arms up in, in the air outside of when you're, you know, letting them know you make their runs when you're when you're, you know, making a set piece. Uh, but obviously, you know, shout out to Veronica and your father. You, you were raised with uh, with class, so you know, don't feel embarrassed to talk about yourself because that's the stuff the fans want to know, man. Yeah. Yes, I guess. Um, but yeah, one thing I would say is that I, I try to be exciting for the fans and um, hopefully the things that I'm doing help translate into victories and help the team be successful. Well, I can I can definitely tell you from big supporters of the Lewis Morgan family, you do that. Absolutely. You are our favorite player to watch on the pitch because every time you have the ball, something not just creative happens, but something good happens. And that's a great effect to have on the team. And you know, I mean, that's a testament to you. And I guess as, as we talk about, you know, the transition into the MLS, you know, a lot of people we talk to, you know, talk about the different styles of play. And have you, have you, did you see any challenges or, or difficulties or how was that transition for you to move over to Major League Soccer? Um, Obviously, I felt like I did have a kind of feeling out process trying to find my feet. The sort of first maybe seven or eight games were quite slow for myself. Um. But the game here is actually very similar to the Scottish League in the terms of it's very intense, really high pace. Um, some of the European games I've played are maybe a little more tactical and um, you get probably more time in the ball. But the the games in the league here and the games when you're playing back in Scotland in the league are very similar with regards to the tempo the games played at. And um, there's loads of good athletes in this league, same back, back in Scotland, and the tempo is really high. Um, it's really fast paced so I feel like now I'm starting to find my feet more and more each game and 
starting to add goals and assists to my game and um, hopefully I can continue in that vein going forward. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so tell us about you know the first goal that you scored for Inter Miami, which came against Atlanta United. I had actually mentioned to Alex during that game, like you know once you break that ceiling, get your first goal. I think you're, I think he's going to start just dropping goals for us. So then it wasn't too too much longer after that where you able to uh, to drop one, and then of course you know, ended up the game with a uh, with a brace. But what was that kind of relief like to find the back of the net? Um, you know, no, give that reassurance that like, hey, yeah, I'm here. I, I can make an impact in in this league and of course you know starting off your your scoring uh record with the brace is always impressive yeah well what i would say is that you're right and that the first goal is always the hardest to get the monkey off your back yeah especially as an attacking player i'm always putting pressure on myself and i'm aware when the games are going on at the start of the season um that i hadn't scored yet and each game that we're not playing i'm adding more pressure internally on myself um because i know that as an attacking player, I need to contribute goals. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely a relief. Obviously, I was unfortunate at the start of the season. We played DC away. Um, I scored and the goals eventually called back. Um, I think Roman Torres had a handball and the goal got called back. And that, oh, that was, that was maybe, from, like just a turn of events yeah. that no one could expect it. <laughs> yeah, so that maybe would have helped. Obviously, scoring a goal earlier on in the season would have maybe helped me settle, settle in even quicker. But and no, once once you get that first one under your belt, it's a weight off your shoulders. And then, as you said, they, they tend to come a lot a lot easier after that. Um, I've went a few games without scoring now, but I'm sure I'll be back in the goal scoring trail soon. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, look, if 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 you are you know want to want to want to keep being humble, I'll brag for you. So you are the most consistent player on our roster on a game to game basis. Uh, you know. Coming over to the MLS to join an expansion team definitely has, you know, it, it's it's uncertainty. But what was it like to, you know, throughout the seasons, we started to kind of build out the rest of our roster. What, what was it like uh, to play with the likes of, you know, like a, a Pizarro, one of the biggest up-and-coming talents in the Mexican football world, Blaise Matuidi, a World Cup winner in 2018 with France, and, of course, the prolific Gonzalo Higuain, uh, who I don't know about you, but I've probably scored you know fifty plus goals with him in FIFA throughout the years playing <laughs> playing with different teams. But were you geeking out a little bit? Were you, with like what was that kind of like to have the opportunity to to play with some of the biggest names over the past decade? Yeah, I mean especially coming from Europe. I mean Blaise and Gonzalo will be the biggest ones for me because um, I've obviously surrounded myself with European football and I've, these guys are household names um, all across Europe really. So. Of course, there's that excitement when you hear, oh, Blaise Matuidi might be signing, Gonzalo Higuain might be signing. Um, you get excited and you want to play with those guys. But once the, once they arrive, it's just really reminding yourselves that, okay, now they're here. We're both in the same team. We're both going for the same goal. So it's not a case of, oh, they're at this level and I'm at this level. We're all, at the sa- we're all in the same team. We're all trying to pull in the one direction and, I've got as big a responsibility in my shoulders as what, say, Blaze has on his or what Gonzalo has on his or what Will Trapp has on his. Everyone has to work equally and pull in the right direction regardless of um, their status in the game. I mean, obviously, Gonzalo and Blaze have achieved so much and we all respect that. But um, at this club, we need to start creating history. And at the moment, we've not achieved anything with this club. And that's all that we're focusing on at the moment, really. 
And talk further a little bit about those players coming in, and that's and, and totally understand and respect where you're coming from. Where it's kind of a different story once they walk through the front door. This is a teammate, and you're now you know in it here together. But have they have they offered any types of you know mentorship you know through some of the younger players like you know Robbie or someone like Dylan on the team, or you know even maybe there's some lessons that you know yourself or other you know senior level veterans on the club could potentially learn themselves. Definitely, I mean. Um, I think in football it's always important to help out some of the younger guys or help some of the guys who maybe don't have as much experience and Blaise and Gonzalo have been good at that um, they are always helping and pointing out things that guys can improve and um, I think as a team it's important that we're able to point the finger at guys maybe if they're not doing something in a certain way and uh, be man enough to take some criticism as long as it's constructive and help improve ourselves with that. And Gonzalo and Blaze will be no different. I'm sure they speak to guys um, and offer advice. And when it's coming from people that have had the careers that they've had, it's more often than not, it's more important to listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, we're talking about, you know, the more mentorship role here and, you know, kind of being, I guess, the lead mentor here is Diego Alonso. I mean, he's, you know, kind of the the head of the snake, I guess, or, you know, the leader of the group as the head coach. You know, what's your experience been playing underneath Diego thus far? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously Diego's had a lot of success in the past with his clubs in Mexico. Um, and he's a really passionate, passionate coach and um, wants the best for all his players and his team and wants us to be successful um, for our benefit, not just for his. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Obviously, his coaching staff as well will get on well with all of them. Um, at the start, I was maybe a little bit worried about how the language barrier was, was going to be, but that's fine. Um, communication and everything like that's been great. And Diego and his coaching staff can only prepare us so much. As soon as we cross the white line, it's down to us as players. And um, the season hasn't gone as successful as we wanted it to, but... Um, all that really matters is try to get into those playoff positions and then anything can happen. So, yeah, I mean, the coaches are setting us up and they're giving us all the tools to hopefully go out there and perform. Yeah, I mean, that's an important part of the puzzle. I mean, that's what the coaches want to do is they want to put the, the, the players in the positions to do as well as they can. And, you know, I guess, you know, you, you've been you know, far, far more humble than, you know, I think, you know, Jay and myself would be if we were on the other side of this microphone, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, you know, I guess looking at yourself a a little bit more like through the critical lens, what, what area would you say that, you know, looking at yourself, you know, what area would you feel that you may maybe most improve on as an individual player? I mean, there's so many areas that really you need to constantly striving to improve and better in yourself. And, um, my main thing and my main focus in football is goals and assists and I always want more and if I score one I want two and if I score two I want three so um, just constantly adding more goals and assists to my game I mean as an attacking player you're never going to be satisfied with how many times you can put the ball in the back of the net it doesn't get old so um, yeah I mean creating goals scoring goals is the one thing that I want to improve constantly and um yeah, hopefully, obviously, it took me a while to get going this year, but going forward towards the end of this season, hopefully finding out a few more times and then going into next year, trying to push on and be one of the, the top goal scorers or top assists in the league. So that's the demands I put on myself and um, hopefully I can I can rise to that. Love it. What is the the mentality of the team currently? 
right? So, I mean, obviously, you know, the last game, I think everybody involved was hoping for a, a better result. But, uh, you know, as we look to close out the regular season and, and make a push for the playoffs, you know, kind of bring us into the locker room a little bit, if you can, and kind of explain, you know, how the team is viewing the, the last two games and, and the mentality they have about, uh, you know, finding success in these last two games. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we're, um, we're aware of is that it's in our own hands, really. Um, our destiny's really all down to us. I mean, if we can take care of these next two games, hopefully get maximum points, then that will see us into the playoffs. And then from there, anything's possible. Um, and football always gives you a chance to, to right your wrongs. And there's not enough time, really, to dwell on the past, the past game against Dallas because we've got a massive game coming up against Toronto. So... Um. Yeah, I mean, we're we're excited, we're motivated, and we're wanting to to achieve that not only for ourselves but for the fans also. Awesome, and we're actually uh, having the the privilege to go back to the stadium to be part of the pregame show for the the Toronto match. So we definitely look forward to you know seeing the team perform, and, and of course you know seeing your your own individual performance because again you you never let us down. And uh, I want to thank you for you know, being intimate with your answers, uh, again, more player related and team related, but now, you know, let's kind of cut loose a little bit, have a little bit more fun, a little bit more get to know Lewis as a person. And I'll go ahead and start this one off, but, uh, outside of football, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Big one. Like a um, college application. I know. Question. <laughs> I believe yeah, I mean, the university in, in Europe, but yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't even really think of anything. Um, when you play football, obviously, that really becomes your life, so there's not much time for anything else outside of that. One thing I would yeah. say is that I'm an avid golfer, so um, anytime I get a chance to play golf, that's something I enjoy doing. But in terms of achievement, I mean, most of my achievements are based in football, so um, I can't think off the top of my head. Now, go golf's a hot topic down here in South Florida. Are you sitting at a scratch golfer or are you playing in a handicap? No, so I probably play off a handicap around six or seven. But that in Scotland, the, wow. the courses there are um, a lot more difficult than here, to, to say the least. So I'm not sure. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what my handicap is yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. the, well, golf was invented in Scotland. Yeah, yeah, the home mm -hmm. on golf. Well, unfortunately, Lewis, we we can't play. I'm uh, I'm sitting about a we, 30, we can play, I'm sitting yeah, about it's, 38 it's, handicap it's right now, be, so it's not going to be, be fun. <laughs> what's uh What's your favorite course in Scotland? There's a course called Loch Lomond, um, which is one of the toughest courses in the world, I think, to, to get on. And um, they don't really let anyone play. Um, and the Scottish Open usually is held there, and it's yeah, a lovely course. I mean. Most of the courses in Scotland are very unforgiving. The roughs is high as your kneecaps. So if you don't hit the fairway, <laughs> you go through about 10 balls around. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously conditions there also aren't the best for, for low scoring rounds. But, um, yeah, I mean, golf's a passion of mine. It's something I loved doing when I was younger as well. And try to get the right balance between that and obviously playing football. is It's a good getaway sometimes. Yeah, well, so you're being... You're, you're 
play a lot better than I do. I'll go about through 10 balls around down here and, uh, you know, on, on just the, the, the fairway. So, uh, you know, that's not too shabby with knee high grass. That, that might be like an eyesight problem. <laughs> no, that's just, uh, I can't swing slow and I just blast it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you, you know, do you enjoy being down here in the tropics of South Florida? It's definitely different than, you know, Scotland, but what do you miss most about being back in Scotland? Yeah, I mean, obviously, family and friends goes without saying. You miss, you miss them. One thing that might be a bit controversial is that I miss the, the cold weather. I actually enjoyed the game at Dallas away there when, obviously, we do Celsius, but I think in Fahrenheit it was like forty-two degrees yeah, or something. So, um, yeah, that was something that I loved being being back a part of because it can get quite warm here. So outside the family and friends, I'm probably missing putting a jumper on and going outside. I'm right there with you. I, I miss my pea coat. It just sits in my closet and collects dust and I only get to bring it out when I travel yeah. back home. It's uh it's it's sad, but it's okay. So uh here's something I'm I'm really interested in. So what is your favorite Scottish cult item of the following? A iron brew, B Buckfast, or C Smokies? hundred percent iron brew. I mean but, <laughs> um I've actually had a couple of the guys out here try it because you can get it and like I'm sure Publix have it in like the international section. So yeah, I mean we're proud of <laughs> we're proud of Iron Brew. That's like the almost the national drink of Scotland. So it is. It for is. anyone that hasn't tried it, I'd implore you to to find it and and give it a go and let let us know your thoughts. I did not know that it was in the international section of, of Publix. So I'm gonna have to try and try and search for it, but. Um, this, the, 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 the B option has always been something I've been very intrigued about. Like it, when you were maybe in your youth or, you know, cutting loose on the weekends, is buck fast like that big of a, of a thing over in Scotland? I'm sure it is. I mean, myself, I don't actually drink, so, um, it's not something I can say that I've tried, but yeah, I mean, my friends have tried it or it's, it's a common thing, as you said, when you're, when you're younger, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely popular. I mean, I'm not sure why, but um, <laughs> I'll stick to the Iron Brew. <laughs> so, All right, fair so, enough. So we're, you miss the weather, which is totally understandable. You're not going to find any colder weather than probably 78 degrees down here. But, you know, what is your favorite part about being in South Florida? Um, to be honest, from being here, it's just been the opportunity to meet the people that I've met um and got get to know teammates get to know people and get close and build new friendships really um kind of um contradict myself by saying it's also nice knowing that you can go out whenever you want and um and the, and the weather is nice at times but um yeah it's, it's certainly something that I wouldn't have changed I've I've loved every minute of being out here um Obviously, one thing if I could change would be the fact that the fans haven't been able to fill out the stadium and we've not been able to play for them yet. But it's a place that I've enjoyed being and um, I'm looking forward to hopefully um, welcoming the fans back to the stadium soon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, are there, uh, you know, do you have any favorite like restaurants or cool spots, maybe a beach or a park where you like to take your girlfriend or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, so... We've actually got two dogs. We've shipped them back over to Scotland just so nothing really 
coincides with Christmas. Um, so we send them back early. So there's, we're always out walking the dogs when they were here. There's a park called Easterland Park, um, close close by myself. Um, and yeah, I mean the food here is something that's been great. Obviously, there's a lot of inspired by like Cuban cultures and things like that. There's a nice place we like to eat called Padrinos um, and things like that. I mean, we're trying to sample as much of the local um, restaurants and cultures we can. Also, trying to keep safe and staying home because we don't want to risk anything with with um, the coronavirus at the moment. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, me and my girlfriend are both enjoying it here. And um, although we are looking forward to getting back to, to Scotland for, for Christmas and New Year and seeing family and friends, we'll um, look forward to hopefully coming out again next year and um, picking up where we left off. Awesome. Now, we, we hear that you're girlfriend is actually an artist we saw some of her work where could the fans and the listeners go to to see some of her work yeah for, um so her work is actually if you're on my instagram page i'm not sure if, um any of you guys are but in my like profile in my bio there's a link to her page and yeah i mean she's an avid artist she does a lot of stuff that loads of people back home are interested in and um I mean, yeah, she's really talented in that. She probably um, might get a bit embarrassed by me saying that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think she's great. I think all her work's great, and I'm proud of her. And um, if anyone wants to take a take a look, it would be greatly appreciated. And um, I'm sure she would really appreciate that as well. Um, she's also got a website that's going to be up and running soon, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, which will make um, everything easier with regards to buying and sit, buying um, some of her stuff and she's going to do commissioned work. So it's exciting times for her as well. And um, hopefully she can um, make a success of it. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I'm drawing a blank right now, but just remind us of her name so the listeners can can be aware. Our name's Heather um, and our Instagram off the top of my head is Heather Artwork. If anyone wants to, to check out. And as I said, it's also in my bio. Um, mm-hmm. So... You hear that? Pretty, pretty so, straightforward handle. Yeah, support <laughs> yeah. support this man and support his girl. Go check out her artwork. What would you What would you I guess kind of classify her her art? Uh, you know, she like to do a lot of stills or more scenic nature. Kind of what's her her uh, genre of art that she prefers? So she actually does loads of abstract work, um, which you'll see most of on her Instagram page. Um, she the portraits. She does portraits of. I think all most of the stuff is on her page. I mean, she's got some work where she's done with animals. She's got experience of drawing, painting dogs, and she also does like graphic work as well. So she um produces quite cool like graphic vector type things that I've actually posted on my Instagram. One that she's done for me, and um they seem to go down a, a hit with all the guys, and I've had loads of people asking for them, and um she enjoys doing that as well. So I mean, she's quite versatile she does loads of stuff and it really just depends on what people are looking for if it's artwork for the house then i would say acrylic is our our main our main um strong point in in that regards but she enjoys doing it all so yeah i mean any any support would be greatly appreciated yeah well you you heard it here uh it sounds like the link is on lewis's instagram page we're gonna go ahead and share a link to her page as well so all you inner Miami podcast fans do go ahead and take a peek and go check out her work. It's, it's awesome. So, you know, as we kind of come to the tail end of this interview, Lewis, you know, one question that we really enjoy asking is, you know, who is, 
what is the player on the team that you find the funniest? And if you can share potentially one story from that person over the course of the year? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I find um, John McCarthy quite funny. I mean, I'm coming to know that, like when people say, oh, this guy's from Philly, I'm kind of come to terms with what that means. He's no, fil- <laughs> no filter. Um, I, I mean, that. talking about obviously going back to when Gonzalo and Blaze are coming in um, and there might be that sort of aura around them where people maybe respect them so much where they don't shout at them. That doesn't. That's not the case for John. I remember Gonzalo's first training session, John's screaming at him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a funny guy and as I said, no filter, um, which would go down well in Scotland because people are like that in Scotland as well. So he's someone whose humour I can translate to quite and relate to, sorry, quite well. Oh, man, that's going to make so many of my friends happy. There's uh, quite a following of those Philly boys. But uh, <laughs> but but Jay, Jay has taken the official uh, privilege, I guess, as dubbing you the postman. Now, let's be honest. How do you feel about that name? Do you know what that name even means? And, you know, was there a nickname that potentially when you were growing up that you like a little bit better? No, I mean, I'm happy with that. I'm taking it. It means about delivering. Hey, so, exactly. It's because yeah. you always deliver a goal yeah. or a beautiful assist. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Jay is smiling from cheek to cheek just for you to know right now, Lewis. He's been waiting well, for that. Well, a few that. of our <laughs> listeners reached out. They're like, no, you know, I'm not really feeling that. I like the flying Scotsman. I'm like, well, you know, personally, like the. The only flying name I, I, I'll agree to is the flying Dutchman and, and Ian Robin, but I, yeah. I, I love the postman. So yeah, you just, I'm, I'm happy. You made my day, bud. Yeah. We'll stick with that. <laughs> um, how do you spend your off time? Do you have any particular hobbies, you know, um, or any big plans for the off season break? I know you mentioned going back for the holidays. Yeah. I mean, nothing more than I really touched on there. Obviously spending time with my girlfriend or our dogs. Um, we like to take them out and, keep them occupied and another off chance I would get would be golf. Um, but yeah, looking forward to hopefully having a successful end of the season first and foremost, and then getting back to see family. Obviously it's been tough this year. We've not had the chance of um, spending time with them. And I know, especially for my girlfriend, she's made a big commitment coming out here. And um, obviously that's something that I don't take for granted. And I'm looking forward to her also getting to go back and see her, her parents and her grandparents. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a sort of party guy. I don't drink, as I said, so I'm quite more chilled out, family orientated, and don't get up to anything too exciting, really. <laughs> okay, good answer. Um, so, you know, just kind of wrapping this up, I guess, with our final question that we always uh, end every interview with is, are there any, you know, is there any special message you'd like to to send out to the fans? It's been obviously a very um interesting opening season to say the least with all the you know coronavirus and stop and go and having weeks in between games um you know is there anything that you want to say to the fans as as we're you know continue to wrap up the season i suppose it would just be from the bottom of our hearts thank you for the continued support i mean i know how hard it's been on them obviously they've waited so long and for this season the inaugural season and then to be denied the chance to fill out the stadium and, and come and watch their team must have been tough and um, their support hasn't gone unnoticed. We heard them when it was pouring down with rain, lightning outside the stadium singing um, and even going back to our, their, our last home game against Orlando when we go one goal down and they're they're still right behind us and 
eventually I, I think without those fans in the stadium we probably don't win that game 2-1 so um, it would just be to ask them to keep backing us and, and keep turning out in the numbers and singing and being supportive of the guys and we really appreciate it and it definitely does help drag that extra inch out of you when, when you know the fans are as passionate as is into Miami once and um as I said earlier, I'm looking forward to seeing them all in the in the stadium when if and when it's allowed and um until then, yeah, just keep supporting the guys and hopefully we can repay you because your support merits that. Awesome. And I mean they're equally as excited to be able to get out there in, in person and hopefully all this stuff blows over sooner than later and we can pack that stadium out and give it the uh you know the proper home opener that uh, that all the fans and of course you guys as the players uh, also deserve i mean lewis thank you so much for carving out the time i know this is still you know a very busy time for you as again the team's finishing out the season i'm sure you're probably flying off to uh you know up north either probably what, tomorrow or, or sunday or something like that yeah we're, we're just going to head up there on sunday obviously we're trying to limit sort of like staying in hotels and things like that with everything going on mm-hmm. so it's usually just done in the one day all our traveling so um, yeah, big game on Sunday, and hopefully we can, as I say, make the fans proud and, and get three points or um, be successful and get something out of the game. Definitely, we we would love to see that for sure. And uh, again, I mean, thank you for just uh, you know from the bottom of our hearts. This is something that we were very excited about. We know the the fans and the listeners are gonna uh, you know love to hear more more about you. So thank you so much. No, thank you so much for having us on, guys. Thank you. No problem, Lewis. Have a good one. All right, guys. Take care. There it is, folks. Lewis, the postman Morgan himself. What an absolute pleasure to have him on the podcast with uh, with you and me, bud. He, you know, he's just such a good, generous guy. It's it's hard. We said it a few times in the interview, but we got to do the bragging for this guy. We do. Uh, you can again. You can tell he's raised right. Uh, big shout out to Lewis, his family, everyone. We we, we love them all. Uh, really, group effort to to get all that coordinated. Um, you know, we, we did finish up with, uh, with one game left in the season. Uh, we did have an upsetting result against Toronto FC after going up 1-0 to in the first half off a nice goal by Blaise Matuidi. His first official goal as that goal in the Orlando City game technically was an own goal, but we still needed him to kick it for it to happen. Uh, and then the second half, everything turned around while our ad hoc defense did hold up quite well. They weren't able to sustain for the full 90 minutes. Uh, kind of disappointed we didn't see earlier substitutions from Diego Alonso, uh, but ended up having Io Akinola score on us. And then uh, Ben Sweat gave up a, a late penalty, kind of boneheaded play, unfortunately, and they converted the penalty. We could not uh, get back into the game. Had a nice, nice chance right before the penalty from Gonzalo Higuain, trying to curl it in from outside the box. Uh, but it did not go in. So here we are one game left destiny is in our hands as well as the hands of three other MLS teams. Yeah. That shot by Iguain might be the best miss you've seen all year. Yeah. That would have been definitely inter Miami's goal of the year and, and probably a contender for MLS goal of the year. Super important game coming up here against Cincinnati. It is actually potentially our last game of the season. Obviously we don't want that to happen, but if it is, you know, we got to show out in numbers, Jay. We This is at our home stadium. We've had a great record at home this year. It's really been away matches where we've slipped up. But 
we're really excited to be with everybody before the game, but then we're going to be with everybody in the stands as the game is going on. So we're going to be uh, cheering our club on, Jay. It's going to be pretty exciting come this weekend. It's going to be a good time. We'll have fans there again. Uh, this is a team that we definitely you know, should beat, but that doesn't always mean we will beat them. But we need to get uh, some solid results here. Let's finish this year with a dub. Yeah, let's finish the year with a dub. We also need to watch out for uh, Chicago and Atlanta. Uh, in D.C. United, we do need them to uh, to lose their their final uh, game as well. Then Chicago actually has two games left to play, which we need them to lose as well since they switched it up from just straight points to actual uh, points per game. But, you know, here we are. We're going to need a little bit of luck, and uh, we'll finish out the season strong. Then, we'll, you know, we'll do a pretty fun episode, a kind of season in review some awards, some good stuff like that as well. Yeah, and I mean, Jay and myself have been actually creating separate categories since the MLS is back tournament concluded. But if you did have any awards that you wanted us to go ahead and consider on the slate for the players and the team and the coaches this year, you know, go ahead and shoot us an email, shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet, do your thing and let us know what award you would like us to nominate and therefore, for lack of better terms, award. But other than that, we will be back with you with one final episode after the season concludes. Maybe two if we're feeling up for it, but we shall <laughs> see. Until then, I'm Alex. This is Jay. We are the Inner Miami Podcast, and enjoy their week. Vamos Miami. Vamos Miami. And boo Chicago, Atlanta, and D.C.